welcome to the Everybody Podcast. Here, we'll dive into all things health and mindset to help you learn to push past your limits into a life you can be obsessed with. My name is Cassie, and I'm a personal trainer and health coach focused on guiding you toward being your healthiest, happiest self. So buckle up and let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody. This is Cassie, your host, and I'm so happy to be here again today. Before we start, I want to begin with just saying that we are going to be talking about emotional eating today. I am not a medical doctor, nor a psychologist or psychiatrist. And if you truly feel that you have an issue with your eating patterns that need medical attention or some more professional help, please reach out to your primary care physician or any other medical professional that you trust to find the appropriate help for your situation. Now, this particular topic was suggested in my Facebook community by a member when I asked what topics listeners would like to hear about. Emotional eating was brought up, and this is a touchy topic because it is loaded with layers, right? So I aim to try to keep it very basic, um, give you some advice from my personal and professional standpoint, from what I've observed working with my clients, and mix in some research as well. Now, I'm going to be addressing emotional eating from a standpoint today that is not of a um, disorder or, you know, a disordered eating per se. So meaning I'm not here to give advice to someone who maybe is binge eating or having difficulties with anorexia bulimia or things like that. Those are things that obviously need to be addressed by a medical professional um, who specializes in that type of treatment. So I am going to be addressing emotional eating today more from a generalized standpoint um, that I tend to deal with when I'm working with my clients with nutrition. So that's kind of how we are going to approach this today. So I would define emotional eating as eating to satisfy something other than hunger. So this could mean eating because you're sad or upset, eating because you're happy or excited, Maybe you're bored, um, eating to reward yourself, or maybe even to distract yourself from other feelings or emotions that you might be having. Now, typically when I start working with a client who says things like, I just can't stop eating, or I eat until my stomach hurts, or simply, I don't know why I'm eating sometimes, I just do. That really cues me into the fact that there's probably an emotional component to their eating habits. And typically, someone eating because of emotions will really be eating because that emotion is associated with some kind of stress that could be sourced from work or relationships, maybe financial worries, even obesity or being overweight can actually lead to emotional eating. Just simply being stressed out or upset that you're overweight will then cause you to want to overeat more. Now, According to Harvard Health, women are actually more likely to turn to food when they are stressed, and that food is likely to be a food that's high in fat 
or sugar or both. And this is very likely due to the hormone release that we get when we eat foods that are high in fat or sugar. And that's why these foods actually tend to be addictive in some cases to people. Um, And that is because of that release of endorphins that we get with that very first bite of eating a piece of food that's maybe high in fat or high in sugar. Um, What's interesting is after that first bite that you take, so say you're like eating a candy bar and you take that first bite of the candy bar, you get a rush of hormones released, right, from your brain that are telling your body like, oh my gosh, that's really good, have more, have more. And you will then continue to eat that looking for that same rush. But the interesting part is that you will only get that initial rush of um, hormones really like at that strength only once, only on that first bite. So no matter how many bites you take after that, seeking out that hormone release, it will never be as strong as it is in the first bite, which is really interesting. But that's also how that food kind of becomes addictive because you want to eat more and more and more of it because your brain is seeking out, right, that good rush of hormones that it got during that first bite. So that's very interesting in itself. Um, Women are a lot more likely to turn to food when they're stressed. And men are more likely to turn to alcohol or smoking. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't do both or one or the other because you're a man or a woman, just according to Harvard Health. That's kind of where things go. So if you are a woman listening to this and you feel like, yes, that's me, um, know that you're not alone. It's common, more common in women. Um, Also, cortisol levels could play a role in this emotional eating or overeating. And a while back, we talked about how elevated stress levels lead to cortisol release. So when you're in a state of stress, I'm pretty sure it was like our very first, um, our pain uh, series where I talked about how cortisol actually leads to weight gain as well. When we are in a state of stress that's prolonged, a prolonged state of stress, meaning like day in and day out our body will start to release cortisol and elevate those cortisol levels. Cortisol is a hormone that actually increases our appetite. So often, even after you eat, those cortisol levels will obviously fall after a while, but your stress levels stay the same. So then more will be released. And it's kind of the cycle of being stressed, releasing cortisol, increases your hunger levels, and then you eat and you come down off the cortisol and then it happens again. Now, someone who is eating due to their emotions, lots of times will prefer to do it alone. And that's maybe something that you can think of as well. Like, am I emotionally eating? Do I want to be alone when I'm eating this? Or am I trying to hide what I'm eating, right? Like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm eating this. So I'm trying to eat it when other people aren't around. Um, and or maybe just lying about what you're eating, right? Right whether it be to yourself or someone else. Um, A person may also start to not really know the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Um, Emotional eating can lead to episodes of binging as well, which then can turn more dangerously into disordered eating. Um, And that is likely going to be out of one's control. So uh, this is something that could very easily slip you into an area that would need 
you know, a medical professional's help to get back in control of. Um, but I'm going to talk about kind of how I would work with a client who I'm, have already talked to, um, done an intake with them, made sure that what they're telling me doesn't sound like disordered eating because it's my job as a certified nutrition coach. When I'm working with someone, if the things that they're telling me sound like they need more help than what I can give them, that's my job is to refer them out as well to a therapist or to their primary care physician or whoever. Um, so I want to just draw a very distinct line between what I do, which is I try to help people create behavior change um, and what you know a, a psychologist or psychiatrist might do as they're working with you if you truly have um, a disordered eating label. Right. So there is a big difference between the two. And I personally would never try working with someone um, who I know has disordered eating and needs medical professional help um, as opposed to a nutrition coach's help. Right. So first thing I do is make sure I assess what's going on and, and understand where this person is coming from. And if it seems like a person that I could definitely appropriately work with, um, the first thing I do is I like to have that person journal, um, just simply writing down everything they eat for the entire day without judgment. And this can be really hard to do, especially if you are emotionally eating and somewhat ashamed of it. Sometimes I'll have people just do it for a day. Sometimes I'll have people do it up to three days. It really kind of depends on the person and the situation. You know, if this person has, um, has maybe a third shift job and sometimes is awake during the day and sometimes is awake at night or maybe a weekend day or something like that. So usually one to three days, it really just depends on the person and the situation that I assess. Um, and the biggest thing is writing things down without judgment. So don't worry about what you're writing down. Don't feel bad about it. Don't judge yourself. Don't think I'm going to judge you. We just really want to take a realistic intake on what you're putting into your body. And then we'll sit down and go over it and talk about how how they were feeling when they ate what they did, right? So I'll actually ask the person, like, why don't you point out a time where you felt like you weren't in control, right? And maybe that's say they had three glasses of wine versus just one glass of wine or got seconds at dinner and didn't really physically need those seconds, like they weren't hungry. And then maybe when they got done, they were way too full and then felt bad about eating that much. Um, so I ask, uh, you know, I'll ask my client to point out the times where you feel like maybe you were emotionally eating and or drinking or something like that. Um, and let's talk about how your day was that day, right? What was your day like from when you got up throughout the day? When you got home, what 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 were you feeling when you sat down to dinner, right? Did you make the dinner? Were you stressed out? Were you helping kids? Were things going on or were you out to eat? Um, was it a social situation where maybe you just got caught up in, you know, the social aspect of eating? Um, you know, it's really interesting how food is just tied into just about every social situation you could put yourself into, right? Like holidays are surrounded by food. If you're meeting up with a friend, it's usually like, let's meet up for whatever, breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee. Um, you know, it, it's interesting and it kind of leads me to another thought, which hopefully I'll remember later because I don't want to get too far off base, but we sit down and we do an assessment of you know, what, what that day or those days looked like and where those feelings were. 
Um, and then when I'm working with a client who feels like they eat because of their emotions, but aren't out of control, I like to suggest some things for them to work on, right? So we do this intake, we talk about this, and then I really give them three things to work on, sometimes not all at once, um, and sometimes it's different levels of this stuff. So today I'm just more generalizing just to give you an idea of some things you could try uh, if you were to go about this on your own, say without a nutrition coach or someone helping you. So First, I always suggest a meditation practice, and I know you guys have heard me talk about this over and over for so many different things, but a meditation practice really can help get to the root of the problem because honestly, the eating isn't the problem. The eating is what you're using to treat the actual problem, right? So if you are eating because of emotions, what you really need to start working on is what is the source of those emotions that you are eating because of? And how do we help you cope better with that source of those emotions, right? And meditation is a fabulous way to work on this. Now, it won't fix the problem right away, of course. I'm not saying meditate before you eat. But if you practice a daily meditation practice, over time, it will help you be more in control of your emotions and stress levels. Many times people just aren't even paying attention to or working on their emotional state like at all. So many people just wander around letting events happen to them and then react to them as opposed to putting in some work on the front end. So meditation is like putting in that practice or that work on the front end to help deal with those strong emotions when they do come up throughout your life and maybe cope with them better so you're not still hanging on to those things when it comes time to eat or when it comes to the point where you're having cravings or things like that. So if you're open to starting a meditation practice, I highly recommend it be a guided meditation practice, whether that be through an app or with a professional um, it doesn't really matter, but consistent practice helps a person's ability to be in control, even in moments where they find themselves under stress. It helps them improve those coping capabilities so that you're better coping with your stress. And then hopefully that stress will stop leading to emotional eating, right? The second thing I like to recommend is breath work. Now, breath work is something you can use at a, as a tool in the moment. So meditation is something you're using as a tool, as a regular practice every day, not necessarily in the moment. Breath work is something you can use in the moment, whether that be in the moment of stress or, you know, one of those triggers that you find that really starts sending you into a stressed out state, or it can be used before you eat or while you're eating, even depending on the situation, right? So what I always like to recommend is box breathing. Box breathing is very simple, can be done anywhere, can be taught to anybody that can count to four. So we are going to practice box breathing right now. And I'm going to talk you through it. Hopefully you're in a place where you can sit and close your eyes for just a few seconds. We're going to go through two rounds of box breathing. What I'm going to have you do is breathe in for the count of four, hold your breath for the count of four, exhale for the count of four and hold the bottom of your exhale for the count of four. Okay. So we're going to do this together. Ready? Breathe in two, three, 
four, hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Nice job. Now what I suggest is doing three or four rounds of box breathing. We just did two. And I would suggest doing that at any point during the day where you notice you're feeling more stressed and or during a food craving as well. So this is something you definitely could do at any point during the day, multiple times. It helps stimulate the vagus nerve, which will help put you in a, which then will help you cope with the stress or the emotions that you're having at that time. Now, the third thing is something I suggest to people all the time, and it's just called the weighted out method. And it's not even titled that. I don't know. I titled that. (laughs) I titled it this, but weighting it out. So this is a method I personally use myself when I start wanting to eat, when I know I'm not hungry, or when I notice myself already overeating or choosing things that maybe I normally wouldn't. So set a timer on your phone for five minutes, right? So as soon as I start having that craving, that timer goes on, I drink a glass of water or half a glass of water, and then I walk away from the kitchen or wherever the food is. And this is even something that can work at a restaurant. Maybe you're trying to avoid a second drink. You're trying to avoid desserts or ordering more than you need. Um, You can ask someone at the table, hey, next time the waiter comes around, let them know I don't need another drink or let the waiter know I don't need dessert. Drink up your water and then excuse yourself to the restroom for about five minutes and come back. Works at home, works in just about any situation you can be in. When that five minutes is over, you can reassess if you still really want that food you thought you did five minutes ago. It's very often that you might not want it anymore, right? Or if it's still something that you want, then maybe you do choose to have it. And you give yourself, make sure you give yourself just one serving. So that means, you know, counting out the chips or cutting a piece of whatever it is, putting it on a plate, putting everything away and then walking away from it. So it's not easy for you to continue eating, right? And getting yourself just one serving. And then if you're choosing to have it, you're going to sit down and you're really going to enjoy it. Okay. And this is where we start kind of breaking that um, out of control feeling because you waited on it. You thought about it. You still chose to have it. And that means that you're in control and that can be a really empowering feeling as opposed to just grabbing something and mindlessly eating it. And then later on feeling bad about the fact that you were so giving your brain that perception of control can make a really big difference in how you feel after you eat, right? So this is a way to understand, you know, if I'm choosing to have this after I've waited it out, I've had some water, I've walked away, and I still am choosing to have this, then it's my choice. And I'm in control. And that's great, right? So I hope that makes sense to you. So the three things I suggest, a daily meditation practice, not just if you're an emotional eater, but if you're a human being, but daily meditation practice, breath work, that box breathing, right? 
and then waiting it out to really see, give yourself that five minute break to see if it's something you really need and you really want. Um, If you actually are hungry, it's okay to wait five minutes and be hungry for five minutes and then understand that, yes, these are hunger cues and not emotional cues. Um, And then deciding if you want to eat it or not. So other things to consider, obviously, if you have a very high level of stress or you're feeling out of control of your stress, seeking out therapy is something that can be very, very um, healing and helpful to any person in any type of stressful state. Um, Therapy is something you can go to forever. You can go back and forth to when you need it. Um, There are lots of options out there now. Um, You know, I think something positive that came out of COVID is all the virtual visits you can do now and things like that. But I'm also going to take the last few minutes of the show and touch base on exercise again. And I know that I push exercise all the time, um, but it is truly, truly, truly something that can help you regulate your emotions. It is something that can help you relieve stress. It can help you be in control and relieve some of those feelings of lack of control or you know, feeling unsure about yourself, it'll improve your confidence, it'll improve your physical strength, it will change your hunger cues, right? Your body will make some changes on the inside as well as it does on the outside. So if you're not participating in a regular exercise routine and having trouble controlling your eating, I highly, highly, highly suggest making exercise a regular part of your daily routine And it can be something as simple as a walking program or something as complex as bodybuilding or weightlifting, you know, programs or or whatever. It, It can be whatever you want it to be. It can mean swimming laps, riding a bicycle, walking, jogging, running, weightlifting, dancing. Um, you know, there's a million ways to exercise. The most important thing is getting your heart rate up building up a little bit of a sweat, um, and finding something that you enjoy is really can be just life-changing for a human being. So that is my quick, simple, probably oversimplified scoop on emotional eating. I will say again that if you are in a situation where you feel like you are out of control of your eating habits and you need help, please don't be afraid to reach out to a medical professional and ask for the help that you need because you deserve to live healthy and happy. And my goal here on this show is to make sure that every single person that listens to any of my episodes leaves feeling empowered. So here's my message to you today. If you feel like you are needing a little help or a little boost with your eating habits, please seek out whatever level of professionalism it is that you need, whether that be a nutrition coach, someone like me, maybe a therapist or a doctor, um, or maybe just an accountability partner. Maybe you just need a friend, right, to hook up with, or maybe um, a place like a community to be a part of, like the virtual community that I run, or maybe my free Facebook community where you just have some human connection to know that other people are going through similar things that you are. You're not alone. And we're going to work this out together, right? 
Perfect. All right. I hope you have an amazing week. If this episode really struck you, I would love for you to share it with a friend. Um, You can send it to them. You can post this on social media, tag me in it. And as always, be well, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me that you are here. It would be amazing for you to share this episode on social media and tag me in it. Can't wait to be back next time. Talk soon.